Isn't that a good-looking couple up there on the screen? <laughs> For those who don't know, that's, that's my son and his new wife. Those are their engagement pictures. Um, we, have, we are a part of a network of churches in different parts of the country, and we're all doing the same message series. And I've, been, I've had a throat infection, sort of been out of it this week, and realized when I, I send my message outline in and then they send a PowerPoint back to me so I can look at it. And I saw the first, the first picture there and I thought, oh, well, there's, there's Thad and Gina. That's fun. Um, so anyway, I didn't pick the picture. This is my disclaimer. Um, it was chosen somewhere in a far off land and it showed up here, which is kind of fun for me, actually. Uh, today we are talking about what they've just been through. Uh, they just, they just were married in January and they went through the whole dating thing and they were friends and making their decision about whether or not to marry. And that's what we're looking at today. We've been, we've been talking about the first week of this series. We looked at marriage and continuing to grow in attraction toward your mate. How do we do that? Then we looked at guys' friendships, gals' friendships. Today, we're, we're addressing the question, is it love? Uh, should we be more than friends? Uh, this tends to be the only question that we ask. Is it love in a romantic way? It's all or nothing. If it's love, then we keep going. And if it's not, then we drop it. Or... If it's love, we keep going no matter what, because it's love, and we should keep moving forward. The fact is that to find the person whom you can enjoy building a home with and find someone who will be a blessing through the years, there are many follow-up questions to that one. And so we're going to look at some of those this morning. This series on Authentic Friends... An authentic friend is someone who's real, a real friend, who wants your best. They desire your best. They really want life to go, go well for you. And, and it really helps to fall in love with an authentic friend, somebody who's real, that desires your best. And so we're going to look at some things to think about out of Scripture, some guidance that we have, that dating didn't happen in... The, the days of the Bible, uh, marriages were more arranged and things like that. But there are principles that we, we can apply and certainly learn from. And I, I think this will be helpful for singles and marrieds as we go backwards and look at the things in a person uh, that you want to make sure are there, the character qualities and things that you want to find in the person you give your heart to, finally, once for all. Uh, there will be some instruction for us married folks in there as well. A few weeks ago, we talked about the wow. And we looked at how the wow is designed by God. Uh, back in Genesis 1 and 2, <coughs> excuse me, we find that God created the beasts of the earth and the birds of the air and the creatures that move on the ground and as God created them, he then created man, gave him the, the role or the job of naming the animals. If you're the first one to a place, you get to name things. So Adam named the animals. He noticed that they all came in twos. He didn't have a two. 
There wasn't anybody else like him. But then God made the first woman to complement the first man. And when he saw the woman for the first time, this is how the man responded. Genesis 2, 23. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from a man. He was still in the naming mode, so he came up with the name for the gal, woman, which literally means she-man. Um, but in the Hebrew, the nuances of the words in the Hebrew go something like this. Wow, God, you really got it right this time. This is awesome. She is amazing. You, you have really outdone yourself this time. And so what you find there is that God built this wow into who we are as human beings. It's a part of, of being human. And it makes life very interesting and fun. And it also can make life very excruciating. But there is, because there is much more to this relationship of husband and wife than just the physical attraction. To make the right connection, you, you need to make sure that you ask the right questions. And we're going to look at some three broad backdrop kind of questions. And then we're going to look at ten questions that have to do with the kind of person we want to look for in, in our mate. Um, first of all, is this the right time? It's the first question to ask. Really good question. Uh, there are times in our life when we shouldn't let love go. Maybe there's a wow. Maybe there's some attraction. Maybe the sparks are flying. But we should just hold back on love. Uh, the rebound, when you're on the rebound from a failed relationship, that's not a good time to just go into the next relationship. Because there are some things that God wants to do in your heart in repairing you and helping you heal that he can't do at any other time. And if you just blow past where you are into the next relationship, you, you overlook those things. And God doesn't have the same kind of opportunity to develop and grow and teach and, and shape our heart the way he would is if we just slowed down. And, and waited before we move, we move on. Uh, also, we just, it, we just not, might not be at the age where, uh, we need to give our heart to someone. Some of us start dating earlier than others. I remember I had a girlfriend at age four, and I, I showed my affection to her by climbing a tree and throwing apricots at her. That was my level of affection. And, I threw the apricot, followed through, landed on the ground, broke both arms at the same time. That was my judgment. I went to kindergarten. I went to kindergarten with both, both arms broken, couldn't feed myself. Had to have somebody feed me in kindergarten. But anyway, that's where my dating uh, <laughs> deal started. Uh, and then uh, I think a, a, a year or so later, there's a girl on the street that I talked into kissing like they do in the movies. Okay, thankfully I didn't know what that really was because that would have grossed me out. Anyway, that, that's, this is probably too much for you to know. But then, okay, then at, at 13, 
I went on my first sort of real date. I, I met a gal at the Allen Theater in Southgate, California, and that was our first sort of real date. And boy, the feelings were strong. And I'm really glad that didn't work, work out. She broke up with me a week or two later. It was, it was a long-lasting <laughs> romance. And I'm, I'm really glad she did. That would have been horrible if that would have worked out. Strong, strong feelings. <laughs> Wouldn't have been good. You know how you date people, then you look back and you think, wow, I'm, I'm, got saved, okay? That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> Anyway, we all have different backgrounds, we have different histories dating-wise, and one thing you know, infatuation is a very powerful thing. I mean, at 13, wow, I thought that, you know, this gal was, was hung the moon. I thought she was great. If you're between 12 and 18, don't fool yourself because your taste will change. Um, think about how the fads move through at that age. What you wear one, one season, the next season is out. It's not cool anymore. Fashion and fads, they change quickly. And so does your understanding of the kind of person you should marry. So don't give your heart away too early. Just, just don't do it. If you're younger, it's not time. Because your, your tastes will change, you will change frequently. And you need to give yourself time to settle in and decide who you are. Uh, sometimes where we're in, where we are in life just isn't the right time to move forward. The next question, is this the right person? And we're going to look more at this in the questions that we ask. But you can marry someone who makes life difficult. Proverbs 21.19 says, It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. Now, who should apply this verse? Women, because it's important for you to create uh, a pleasant environment in your home. It's crucial. You, you set the tone. You create the environment in your home. And guys who aren't married, guys who are considering dating and marriage. You want to find a gal who's pleasant. Married men don't apply this. This doesn't apply to you. It is what it is. Uh, Proverbs 13. <laughs> and you need to work as a team to make it good. Ah, Proverbs 13.4. This is, this is lazy people want much but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Ladies, if you marry a lazy guy, you will be deprived. You don't want to marry a lazy man. If, if you're already married, the biblical answer to the question, is this the right person, is yes. That's the answer. The question is not, is this love, but how do I love? That's the question you need to be asking. But if you're not married and you're mutually attracted to someone, there are several questions to answer. Underneath the question, is this the right person? And we're going to look at, at some more questions later on. Before that... Ask yourself this question. Do wise people genuinely agree that they're the right person? Often, we secretly decide that this is the person 
that we're going to marry, and then we try to find people who agree with us. And we try to, we try to come up with all the reasons that we should just go ahead. And since, since the feelings are so strong, and the pull is so strong, and our heart has already been given to this person, it is very hard to back off. Don't fool yourself. Look for real evidence. Ask yourself the hard questions. Make sure that you do. It's so easy to fool ourselves. And uh, it is so easy that the Bible makes some statements about that. Proverbs 20:18. Don't go ahead with your plans without the advice of others. Don't go to war until they agree. War is a high-risk adventure, and so is marriage. There's a lot at stake in the person you marry. And so you want to make sure that you get advice. Do, do wise people genuinely agree with me? Proverbs 12:15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. If you've made up your mind, you aren't going to ask the wise person. You just aren't going to do it. A mocker resents correction, Proverbs 15 says, he will not consult the wise. You avoid the wise and look for someone to agree. So those are some broad general questions. Here are ten things to look for when choosing a mate. (coughs) Again, if you're married already, you're, you're married to the right person. And you need to ask these questions of yourself. Apply them to you as you uh, walk through these. First of all, look for someone who is enjoyable to be with and to work with. Now, that seems simple, like a no-duh kind of statement. But sometimes the wow can cloud that issue. Sometimes there's so much wow and physical attraction that that we avoid that. Proverbs 27.9 says, Just as lotions and fragrance give sensual delight, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. The sweet friendship, that enjoyable quality of being with someone. If you melt into a blob around someone, but you don't enjoy them, don't marry them. Don't do it. Just, just, just keep moving. Because that melting into a blob is not going to last. If, if married, do everything you can to make life enjoyable for one another. Because it's going, to be, it's going to be a long time that you're hanging out. So make it enjoyable. Look for someone who's a physically, who is physically attractive. Don't ignore that. In other words, do they turn you on? God made that switch. God gave us that switch, and we can't create it. Sometimes we, we get to the point where we really want to be married, and we, we, we're looking for someone, and we try, to, we try to make that happen. We try to create the wow. You can't. Make sure it's there, though. It's an important thing. Listen to these words. This is from a love poem in the Old Testament, Song of Solomon. Your lips are jewel red. Your mouth elegant and inviting. Your veiled cheeks soft and radiant. There's the wow. You can keep reading and finding more wow in uh, Song of Solomon. Now, we can choose in America who we marry. The wow should be there for sure. But this tends to be the only question we ask. (laughs) There are many more questions. We need to look for someone who can meet the demands of marriage. That's 
one, one big category. Can they meet the demands of marriage? Ask some questions about what it takes to be married and to be in a good marriage. And, and try to get the facts. It's very hard in the midst of the wow and the, the, the feelings and the attraction to, to pay attention to the facts. So you'll probably need some help. You know, go to some people who can, who, who've been there and ask them, what does it take to have a good marriage? You know, ask people who've been married 10, 20, 30 years or more and, and ask them, what are the demands on you and on a person in the marriage and begin to make a list. Think this over yourself and ask some people about it who've been down the road. Figure out what it takes to have a good marriage where you can be companions who enjoy one another as you carry out God's will on the earth. That's God's intent for marriage. That's what he wants. Then decide if the one you're considering meets those demands. Here, here are a few of those demands put into questions. <clears throat> Look for someone who is a team worker, who cooperates with others. Marriage requires 24-7 cooperation for 70 years or so. Maybe less, maybe more. If you can't cooperate, it's a very bumpy road. You have to cooperate to, to just put your house together, to, to raise children, to um, do projects. Cindy and I are in the middle of a sort of a renovation project. We're painting. requires cooperation because you get cranky. You have to decide, okay, I'm going to stop being cranky and selfish, and I'm going to focus on what we need to do here. And then Cindy and I ended up taking care of my parents for five years. That, that's the hardest thing we've ever done. If our marriage hadn't grown to that point, we really wouldn't like each other right now. You, you have to be with somebody you can cooperate with. And if you're in a marriage, cooperate. Be cooperative. Fight through it. Work through it. It's, it's, it's tough sometimes, but keep battling through. Proverbs 30 says, There are four things on earth that are small but very wise. And then the last thing mentioned is locust. Locusts have no king, but they're able to work together. It's a beautiful thing. There's a lot of wisdom in cooperation. It's, it's the way God intends. Uh, Proverbs 18.1, loners who care for, for the, only for themselves spit on the common good. We all tend to be selfish and uncooperative. It's our leaning. It's part of the way our heart is wired. Since we decided to rebel against God, we, we just... It's just, we just want what we want. We do. If we choose that, if we choose our, our selfishness and uncooperative ways, the common good that's going to be spit on is ours. It's our good that's going to get hurt. It serves no purpose at all to have friction and tension in a relationship when you're trying to meet life's demands. It's counterproductive. If, if you're a team worker, then you want what's good for all. And, and you take ownership of those times when you are selfish and uncooperative. And you move past. And you set your heart on doing right and being a team worker. Uh, number five, you want to look for someone who's a kind person 
and who is genuinely helpful to others. Kindness, literally, means that a person helps you accomplish your goals. Their goal is to help others with their goal. They want to help them accomplish their goals. Now, it's not easy to be kind. It's, it's easy to be the opposite, selfish and arrogant, and try to drag everybody into accomplishing your goals, take care of your needs. If you marry someone who is kind, they will treat you with kindness. It's the way it is. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Number six thing to look for is a reconciler who clears up relationships. A reconciler works to put things together. Now, watch the way the person you're considering treats their mom. If he's a guy, watch the way he treats his mom and his sisters. If a gal, if you're, if you're a guy looking for a gal, watch the way she treats her brother and co-workers and friends. We need to be reconcilers, and we need a person who is a reconciler because we make each other mad. It's a simple reason. I mean, it, it's easy to get mad at the person you love. So we look for someone who cleans up when they mess up, humbles themselves, repents of wrong, asks forgiveness, and tries to do right from then on. This has saved our marriage, Cindy and I. We, from the beginning, strong attraction, same values, but boy, we fought. The one thing we decided to do is when there was conflict, that we were going to work through the conflict. That we would take the time, whatever it was, and we were kind of crazy because the, the verse, there's a verse, be angry, but do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. We said, we're not going to go to bed angry which wasn't completely realistic, but it forced us to deal with things that day. And so there'd be conflict, we'd deal with it. And, and one of us would end up taking responsibility for it, asking forgiveness and getting forgiveness. This, this has saved, literally saved our marriage. Because what's happened is a couple things. First of all, the conflict cycle is shortened a lot. I mean, first of all, a conflict might happen when we were first married and the feelings would last a few days. Now, if there are conflict that erupts, we deal with it and, and it gets settled more, more quickly. At least that's my perspective. You have to check with Cindy. <laughs> I think guys get over that quicker anyway. But it, it does. The, the atmosphere comes back, the good environment, good atmosphere comes back quicker. So there's not the, 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 the struggle that goes on and on and on. It's dealt with. Secondly, when we do have conflict, we don't get shaky. There's a stability because we know time and time again in the past, we have worked through that conflict. And so we know when it begins... It doesn't shake us to the core because we know we're going to bring it to resolution with the help of God, by the grace of God. And so it provides a lot of stability to our relationship that wouldn't be there if we didn't do that one thing. 
Now, do we have the perfect marriage? Are we perfect? No. But when we mess up, we clean it up. And that makes a difference. That really makes a huge difference. So when you're looking at someone that you're considering to marry, find somebody who clears things up. You, you need someone who's a recon, reconciler. Proverbs 17.1, better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Proverbs 12.20, there is joy for those who promote peace. It takes work to arrive at peace. But there's a lot of fun. There's joy to those who do it. Number seven, look for someone who is respectful. They treat others with value and consideration. First Peter 3, 7, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. The, the nuances, cherish them. Let them know how valuable they are, how important they are. Ephesians 5.33, however, each, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So you see, it goes both ways. It's very easy to begin to make comments that undermine respect. But you want to marry somebody who's going to show respect and get it right when they don't. Uh, number eight, look for someone who is trustworthy. You can count on him or her. To tell the truth, to be loyal, to keep promises, they don't disappoint, and fulfill responsibilities. If you, count, if you can't count on them, then they aren't trustworthy. When they lie, we all struggle with shading the truth to sort of cover ourselves. If they lie, they admit it. it, it, it they're loyal, not only to your face, but when they're not in your presence. They keep promises. You need someone who's going to do what they say. And come through, follow through, be faithful in that. And someone who pulls their part of the load, they fulfill their responsibilities. It's, it's hard to be married to someone who leaves others holding the bag. Proverbs 25 says, putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. If you're married to that person, it's rough. It's a pain. That's what that passage is saying. So be careful. Look for someone who uses good judgment. Now, the person you're dating or the person you're interested in, they may be fun and exciting. But um, <clears throat> maybe they're not somebody to marry. Proverbs 24, 3. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. If a person makes bad decisions, that's trouble and a rough life down the road. It's a, lot, a really tough life ahead. You know, boys, will be boy, boys will be boys, but they may never become men. You, you need to marry a man. Someone daring and edgy may be stupid. <laughs> there are TV shows and movies about those guys. They break themselves up. Ladies, ladies with experience or, or ladies with expensive taste, they might may, may drive you deep into debt as you as you marry them. So look for someone who uses good judgment. And finally, number ten, look for someone who has the same goal. 
Do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? Amos 3.3. The triangle of time. I alluded to this uh, earlier, how when we met with the pastor who did our wedding, he described a triangle and how, you know, Cindy and I as one bottom corner, Cindy, one bo- the other bottom corner, me, and if we walk, kept walking toward God, walk, walking in a relationship with him, we'd grow t- together. And that's true. If you have the same goal, then the two draw closer. If you have different grow- goals, you, you grow apart. So you have to ask, are they really headed toward the same things? Not do they have the same labels that I do, of Christian or whatever, but in their heart of hearts, are they heading in the same direction I am? This is what I knew about Cindy beyond the wow. And we've committed to work on the above tent, and our relationship keeps growing by the grace of God. Love, love your mate if you're married and figure out how to live out these, these things. If you're available, and you're looking for someone, look for someone who's going the same direction. Normal question, is it love? Maybe it is. But there are other questions to ask. Is it the right time? And is this the right person? If it's not, a friend of mine says, rein in love and put the horse in the barn. (laughs) I think that's what you need to do. You can rein it in. As we wrap up this morning, let's look at some next steps. As a result of listening to the message, is getting into the Word. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, one of the next steps you may want to take is to memorize Proverbs 24.3. talks about how wisdom builds a house. Second next step you could take is to refuse to fool myself as I am working through major decisions. It's easy. When If they're major decisions, there's a lot at stake, and our hearts are leaning in a certain direction, it's very easy to fool ourselves. So refuse to do that. Third, I will seek advice as I face major decisions. If you're considering dating or if you're in a dating relationship, considering marriage, get, get advice. Get perspective. Get outside of the wow so you can hear some things about that. And then finally... I will learn what the Bible says about how to do married life. Maybe you haven't looked into that much. Uh, but there's some, some good books. There are good, some good things that you can look at that will really help you get some handles on how to, how to live out a, a marriage. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word. And as we follow it, Lord, we know you'll set us free. So, Father, I ask that you give us power and that you would give us the the strength to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take this morning. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, and we we pray, God, that uh, you would also give us just the ability to bring glory and honor to you in our worship. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.